The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to his disciples, You have heard that it was said, An eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, Offer no resistance to the one who is evil. When someone strikes you on your right cheek, turn the other one as well. If anyone wants to go to the law with you over your tunic, hand over your cloak as well. Should anyone press you into service for one mile, go two miles. Give to the one who asks of you, and do not turn your back on the one who wants to borrow. You have heard that it was said, You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your heavenly Father. For he makes the sun to rise on the bad and the good. And causes the rain to fall on the just and the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what recompense will you have? Do not tax collectors do the same? And if you greet your brothers only, what is unusual about that? Do not the pagans do the same? So be perfect just as your heavenly Father is perfect. The Gospel of the Lord. Lord At the beginning of my homily last week, I began with a quotation from St. John of the Cross, that great mystic. Now the problem, of course, with mystics, as I said, is that they're trying to describe something that cannot be described an experience of God that most of us, sadly, don't have. But he had what he called the Compendium of Perfection. It was four lines. It was forgetfulness of things created, remembrance of the Creator, attendance to that which is within, and continual love of the Beloved. Sounds rather extraordinary, doesn't it? Forgetfulness of things created, remembrance of the Creator, attendance to that which is within, grace, the indwelling of the Trinity, and continual love of the Beloved. But only in that do we learn to love God or to love any other person. It seems extreme, but love is extreme as God told us and showed us. We are all familiar with that rather trite and cynical maxim, love your enemies, it'll drive them crazy. (laughs) And as 
bizarre as that is, in a very different sense, our Lord is telling us that as well. Last week, we had the beginning of this section of the Sermon on the Mount. Today, our Lord goes ahead to continue telling us that we must always go over and beyond what we would like to think we are called to do. Remember, he's speaking here to Christian individuals, not about nations or governments or principalities or communities. He's speaking about individual Christians and how they relate to one another. That we are called to go beyond that which would seem to be simply just to that which is not only charitable, but heroic. And he begins by saying, referring to the law of talent, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. That's basic justice. And he tells us, he says, offer no resistance to one who is evil. He is not telling us that we, that we don't have a right to defend ourselves. He did at his trial. Remember when he was answered the high priest? And one of the soldiers slapped him and said, is that how you speak to the high priest? And he said to the soldier, if I have spoken wrongly, bear witness to the wrong. But if I have spoken rightly, why do you strike me? He is not telling us either that we shouldn't defend the innocent or respond to an unjust aggressor. He's saying that in ordinary life, we have to go beyond that and often endure what we would not wish to endure for the sake of the kingdom of God and out of love. When someone strikes you on the right cheek, by the way, if someone is right-handed and strikes you on the right cheek, uh, it's going to be with the back of the hand. And that was considered a far greater insult than with the palm of the hand. Turn the other one as well. Well, but you have to, embear, to endure insults. You know, I remember once a story about a group of Hispanic women who were praying in front of an abortion clinic. And a man came along who was very much pro-abortion and started uh, to shout in favor of abortion and, and to verbally abuse them. But they didn't speak English. They thought he'd come to join them. <laughs> so they went over and gave him a great big hug and a kiss, and the man left very quickly. <laughs> he wasn't expecting that kind of affection. And it frightened him, as sometimes it does. The love of enemies can do that, uh, because we expect in our world a response that is going to be aggressively hostile. He then says, if anyone wants to go to law over your tunic. Now remember, the Romans could do pretty much anything they wanted to do. If they wanted your tunic, they could have it. Should anyone press you into service for one mile, and a Roman could do that to any Jew. Remember Simon of Cyrene. He was forced to carry the cross. Go two miles. In other words, shock them with your love. Shock them with what you're willing to accept. Not in the sense that it would be bad for them. Sometimes we have to be, um, as our Lord was, we have to confront evil. It wouldn't be good for the other person or for us if we didn't. There's a great deal of difference between patience and uh, indulgence. To be patient is a virtue. To indulge is really a cowardice. When we ought to confront and we don't. Yesterday we had a, um, a holy hour for men, and the, one of the priests who was giving it was referring to patience, and he said that patience comes from the Latin word patio, which means to suffer. And it will require some suffering to do that, as our Lord tells us, but that's the call of the kingdom of God. And then he goes on to speak about our enemies in particular. 
Um, Pray for those who persecute you, uh, that you may be children of your heavenly Father. For he makes his sun rise in the bad and the good. Did you ever realize that? That hatred is impossible if we are willing to pray for someone. There's nothing to do with hostile feelings. Feelings are not a matter of sin. Uh, Feelings come and go. I can't always control those. I can control my will, which is where hate and love reside. But I can't hate somebody for whom I can pray. Uh, It may be very difficult. uh, But on the other hand, all we have to do is, let's say, for instance, we have a great hostility towards someone else. We may want to not pray because we don't think we can. All we have to do is, let's say, in our Father. We may not feel like it at all, but we can pray for that person. And that will begin to change us. It may not change them, but it will change us. And he then says, if you don't do this, how are you any different than the pagans or the tax collectors or any other sinner? If you can't show that kind of love, if you can't be that different. But of course, our Lord would never stop there, would he? In all of the, in all of the Sermon of the Mount, whether it be the Beatitudes, last week's gospel, or this week's gospel, our Lord will not simply tell us, he will show us. All of these come to perfection on the cross. All of them. Uh, resistance to evil? No. Insult? Once again, the foot of the cross? Insult? You who would destroy the temple and build it in three days, save yourself. If you are the Son of God, come down from the cross. He saved others, he cannot save himself. He is the King of Israel. Let him come down now from the cross and we will believe in him. He trusts in God. Let God deliver him if he desires him. For he said, I am the Son of God. That's our Lord's example to us of this gospel. It's it's human to come down. It's divine to stay there. And we are told in today's readings that we must become like God. Be perfect for, as your Heavenly Father is perfect. Be holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. Our Lord then gives us that example of what it means to fulfill this gospel, what it means to go beyond what is even imaginable for those who hate you, for those who in the first place have caused you to, to do this. Our Lord is suffering and dying for us, for our sins, not, not simply to show us how much he loves us, which is true, but because we would not understand otherwise. You know, St. Teresa of Avila had a, a poem that translates rather beautifully into English. Uh, she said, If, Lord, your love for me is strong as that which binds me unto thee, what holds me from thee, Lord, so long? What holds thee, Lord, so long for me? I'd like to repeat that. It's rather a beautiful thought. Uh, If, Lord, your love for me is strong as that which binds me unto thee, what holds me from thee, Lord, so long? What holds thee, Lord, so long for me? Only our unwillingness to go beyond that which is demanded. Only our unwillingness to respond to love as love demands. The cross isn't simply a symbol, it's a reality. And of course, once again, the Eucharist makes it all 
uh, real. We come before heroic love to be with heroic love and if possible to receive it so that we can become what we could not otherwise have become on our own. You have to remember that. We come to become, we come here to become something beyond ourselves and only he can make that possible. Without the Eucharist, that sort of heroism will be something beyond us. With it, there is no end to that which we can accept and become. Let us pray. Almighty Father, we come before you as the people redeemed by the blood of your Son and trusting in your love and mercy. For the Church throughout the world, that her members will always be visible signs of God's heroic love for humanity, always responding in love particularly to enemies, and in particular for the persecuted, we pray to the Lord. Lord, (laughs) For all nations of the world, especially our own, they will come to know the heroic love of Jesus Christ, the cross, in their own love. We pray to the Lord. For all those who are sick and suffering and dying, that in their suffering they may know that they may proclaim the love of God. For those who are greatly tempted, for those who have rejected heroism, we pray to the Lord. Lord, For greater respect for human life, especially at the beginning and at the end, we pray to the Lord. Lord, For an increase in vocations to priesthood and the consecrated life, those young men and women will respond to the love of God respond to the call of God heroically and without restraint for a greater reverence for the heroism of marriage and the single life we pray to the Lord. For our bishop, priests, deacons, and seminarians and for the American hierarchy having spent time in the presence of the Blessed Sacrament they may then be visible signs of that love visible signs of that courage we pray to the Lord. For the souls of all the faithful departed, especially our relatives, friends, and benefactors, who all have died in the battlefield, all victims of violence, terrorism, and natural disaster, eternal rest grant unto them, O Lord. May they rest in peace. May their souls and the souls of all the faithful departed. For all of us here, we may hear the call to perfection, and respond to it through God's grace, responding to the love of the cross as God has come to us, we pray to the Lord. Lord, We now join our prayers to those of the Mother of the Incarnation as we sing. (laughs) 